praise God. I will thank God for his goodness and his mercies. He's a kind God, he's a faithful God. And um, it is because of him that we are here. And it's because of him that we are not consumed. Thank God for yesterday's um, um, uh, kingdom. Uh, uh, GR, uh, what's that? What's the the economic hub conference retreat? It was good. Um, the infiltrate conference was good. Can we thank God for Pastor Idara and everyone? Everyone on that team. It was such a great time. Um, it was beyond expectation. Um, we'll thank God. Um, we'll pray for our nation. We, 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 I believe that before the end of the service, we'll say prayer for those who are being affected by the flood that is ravaging our nation, that the Lord will send comfort. And he will send his angels to help out, and that we will, we will receive testimonies from this crisis. And God will grant our our political leaders the the wisdom and the will to do the right things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Um, today, in the short time that I have left, I just want to. Um, look at one or two things very briefly. Um, and then I'd like to take my cue from Luke chapter 16, where the Bible spoke about uh, in verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is Another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Can we read this together from the screen? One, two, three, go. You have not been faithful in what is. Sometimes I just wish that we can take the words of Jesus very seriously. You know, you know, uh, it's so. It's so funny that sometimes, many times, we don't take his words as serious as we should. And then sometimes we're praying on an issue where he has told us how to go about it. He says, if you want your own, uh, one of the protocols for making sure that happens is to employ faithfulness or deploy faithfulness, however you want to say it, for what is Another man. Are we together here? So it means that the test for receiving what's your own is ongoing by how you uh, how you engage with what is another man's. Are we together here? That faithfulness is always requirement for ownership. That faithfulness is requirement for what? For ownership. For you to own what was destined for you, your faithfulness will be tested. And um, your faithfulness will be tested. 
And um, why does God test faithfulness? There is a reason. The reason is that he wouldn't, if you are not faithful with what God gave another man, the, what you are telling God is that when God gives you and you now become faithful, what you are telling God is that the reason why you are faithful is not necessarily because of what he gave, it's because of who he gave. So the implication of that is that you are more important than the vision. Are you getting the point? If, the, if what God gave is important, it wouldn't matter who he gave it to. But if it becomes important after it was given to you, then it means that that thing is giving you a sense of importance. That means you will not even use it for what God wants us to use it for. It's for self-validation, self-engrandizement, and all of that. And that's why God has not brought it your way. Because he knows you want to use it to trouble the universe. So that's why he tests your faithfulness to that thing when it's not yet under your name. If it's not under your name, do you make sure it works? If the answer is yes, then it means that it's not about you. It's about the dream and the visions of God. But if you don't mind it, mind it destroying, then God knows that you are not a serious fellow. And that was the same wisdom that Solomon applied. The woman said, let's cut the baby into two. Instead of me losing this baby, let's cut it into two. The woman who really owned the baby appreciates life. And says, I don't even mind if the baby is yours. Keep the baby. I'll be coming to visit the baby. So far, the baby is alive. Then Solomon truly knows who deserves it. That it's really our own. It's really our own. Meaning that it's not just about having a baby. The value of life, she understands the value of life. Not necessarily because the baby will bear her name. Just life itself is valuable to her. They give it to her. I don't need any prophet to tell me who owns the baby. This one that wants us to divide the baby because she's about to lose it does not understand the value of life. So God is checking how you take care of what is not your own and is laughing seriously about your prayer that I should give you your own. It's, it's, there is a serious life laugh going on when you are careless with the privilege granted you to make sure a God thing works. Whenever you are around something that is godly, and then you are around it, and you have the opportunity to make it work. And then you are treating it anyhow. Eh? Then, God is so, so, so laughing at you when you are not saying, God, give me my ministry. God say, which one? <laughs> God say, which one? So, faithfulness is key. You know, when I was younger than this, Whenever I heard the older preachers talk about faithfulness, I always want them to hurry up and preach on more powerful messages. Say, so today we want to talk about faithfulness. Ah, this woman, this man does not have revelation. Can't you teach me about 
the dimensions of eternal immortality. <laughs> you know, I used to take for granted those preachings until I began to understand that that is the bedrock for fruitfulness. Yeah. You know all those simple, simple preachings about you have to be faithful, you have to be committed, you have to be this, you have to be, oh, let's leave here. Faithfulness. Let's look at it again. Luke chapter 16, verse 12. If you have not been faithful, praise God. So God is waiting on us to develop that, that mozu called faithfulness. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's. He says, who will give you what is your own? So it means that there is no question about whether God has a plan for you or not. Is there. There is what is your own. But they first kept it and watched how you will take care of another person's own. Are we together here? Yes, and they are watching it closely. And that would determine whether you will qualify to get your own. Now, I said this because I want to bring a point. I want to repeat what I said yesterday when we were looking at the story of Jacob. Are we here, friends? In Genesis chapter 30. If you are sleeping, uh, I'm not the first man of God that while somebody's preaching, while he's preaching, people are sleeping. So if you're trying to make me feel bad because you are sleeping, I'm not going to feel bad. If, if you even want a pillow, we can get one for, for you. But don't forget that everything is on the internet. The video is capturing you. Your, your children will see you. <laughs> yeah. When you start bragging on how you're on fire. You know, you, you, you. We have all these documentaries. We have instructed the video guys to just help us capture those who sleep. I need to go back to that, to that my uh, disruptors of, uh, what did I, corruptors of? Polluters of every atmosphere. I need to add those who sleep. About <laughs> what? We'll look, for, we'll look for a number for that. I need to go back to that message. So Genesis 30 verse 25, Father, we ask that you will be kind to us today. And in the few minutes that we have. And so it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country. All right? Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go. For you know my service which I have done for you. That's, that's a, a kind of service where the servant and the served do not have a doubt. Are you together with me? Are, are we here? You know, have you, I've, I've seen people who, you know, I, I was speaking to someone one day and I said, you have, you have served hopefully. Yeah, I told the person, you have served hopefully. You are an example of a bad worker. Yeah. I said, you are an example of a bad worker. And the person said, well, that's your opinion. I'm not serving you, I'm serving God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm serving God. It's, it's God that I'm serving. You see, but uh, where is the God that you are serving? And when are we going to hear his opinion? 
you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to say you are serving God. But it's very easy to put on God your irresponsibility because he will not talk from heaven. That's why John made us understand that never tell us that you love a God that you cannot see. When you don't love a man that, that you can see. Irresponsible people like to put their work in the hands of God. Because nobody will say, I've gone to God to ask and God told me this. God will do as if he's not talking. But the voice of God is heard in the mouth of men. Are we together with me here? Huh? If, you, if you can't love men, you can't love God. If you can't serve men, you are not serving God. You see, men, men are, the, are the representation and representative of God. Are we together here? Yes, Say, if two of you are gathered in my name, I am there in your midst. You guys represent me. That's what he's saying. But in this case, it's not only Jacob that knows that he served. He says, Laban too has a testimony and agrees that Jacob what? Jacob serves. Now, this preaching I'm preaching is more than a church sermon. I'm preaching to you a life sermon. The next time you go to work, you can't be the one bragging that you have served your boss. No, 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 no. You, you can't write exam and find out that you're the one marking it again. Ah, you are too great. How can you, how can you be the student and the examiner? Ah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, that's very awesome. At least if you write the exam, another should, should mark you, Abby? Huh? You can't force your wife and be telling her, I love you, I love you. And she said, you don't love me. She said, I love you. She said, I can't see the love. She said, I love you. Oh. <laughs> or you can't be the one telling your husband you are submissive. <laughs> so I say, how? The, the person you are giving the submission, say, I did not see it. Say, I gave it. No, I did not see the submission. When did you give it? <laughs> so you <laughs> did not see that. <laughs> So what should you do? You, you ask. You ask the question, am I, am I loving you? I said, no, you are not loving me. Please teach me how to love you. Then they will teach you and then you will do it. And when you do it, try to say, uh, when you do it, try ask, did I do that? When they say, go and write it, the date. Now it's very important to write the date. <laughs> Impossible, record it. Because the next time you don't do it well, you hear, you have never. <laughs> That's the most demoralizing statement in this world. Say, you have never for what? <laughs> I'm going to be on a summer, I'm talking about. I've never. So you have to be documenting, documenting, write the date, take voice. No, no, I have some videos on my phone. Yeah, I'm not telling what I don't do. I have some videos. I'll record. I'll say, all right. <laughs> all right, see what you are saying. Now, when I record, I save it. In case of the days where I've never, I'll say, say. <laughs> ah. If you come close, I will play video for you. I have some video. 
evidence. <laughs> evidence. You know, so that there will not be... You know, you need evidence. You, you need evidence. Don't say, eh, I mean, they're roti. Oh, don't worry about roti. Roti lo niyo. Roti lo. So you need to ask, how can I... Stop bragging that you love your wife when your wife says you don't love her. You say, I don't feel loved in this. Don't say, I love... Don't. You... You say transfer money somebody account. The person has not seen it. I am saying, I've not seen this. I not see a lot. Are we together here? So you need to ask, how can I love you? Then they will tell you how. Then you will practice it. And when you just did I get it? There's room for improvement. I will keep uh, improving. But in this case of Jacob and Laban, there was a. There was an agreement that that um, Jacob has served Laban. Now I want you to trust God for this kind of heart, where anywhere God places you, there will be no doubt that you served. No doubt. These these are the virtues of real people. These are godly virtues. Bible spoke about Moses who was faithful in all of God's house. Are we together here? You have to be full of faithfulness. You have to be faithful. Complete faithfulness. So, and let me go for you know my service which I have done for you. What's the next verse? And Laban said to him, please stay. (laughs) Can you see what service we do? When, when you serve, you, you will be begged to stay. Hmm? Service. When you serve, you are valuable. Listen, you don't have, you are not as valuable on the basis of the value you carry. The, the, the value you carry doesn't make you valuable. It's the service you render that makes you valuable. You see, your value is not in your giftings. Your value is in your faithfulness. You are not valuable to us because you can you are you are gifted. That's to your pocket, right? Yes, sir. And you are not valuable when you release your gift once in a while. It's still to your pocket and to your praise. But in the concept of God's kingdom, you become valuable eh, when you are faithful. In service. Then there will be a chorus called please stay. Ask me why. Why, The reason is because faithfulness, the idea of faithfulness is not just that you are rendering your service. The idea of faithfulness is that you humble yourself to serve. It's not just that you give it as a privilege to those you are giving. No. Faithfulness is a posture of lowliness. Now, what causes for peaceful coexistence in the kingdom of God is that there has to be a gathering of humble people. If there are a gathering of gifted people, all the works of the flesh will be made manifest. If everybody came to just show 
what they have, then we'll start killing ourselves. But if everybody came to surrender what they have, are you together with me? Then the flesh will not be present. That's why in the, in the context of God's kingdom, everybody must be servants. Come unto me, all you who are, who are, who are heavy lady, who labor heavy lady. What will I do? I will give you rest. Uh, then take, learn of me. Take me my yoke upon you. Uh, I, I, learn of me. Why? I am meek and lowly. So the meekness and lowliness is a character that Jesus wants us to learn. And it is the only way we can establish the kingdom of God. If the kingdom of God is going to be established in this house, for example, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be on the basis of our giftings. It will be on the basis of our meekness. Are we together here? I am meek and lowly in heart. So that's the reason why God likes service and he likes it to be done faithfully. The reason for that is we can protect ourselves, we can love ourselves, and nobody needs to murder another person. But if we only engage on the basis of our, imagine if we, imagine, imagine if we engaged on the basis of our wealth. It means that the poor amongst us are in trouble. Eh? It means that even sitting arrangement will be done based on offering. There's a way somebody will come. If you give large money last month, I would have signaled the usher and said, <laughs> <laughs> they bring that one and say, sit here. Even though it came late. Are you with me? And the poor guy who came since 30, we tell him to sit here outside first that we have not yet opened the church. <laughs> you get the point now. And so that guy will do everything he can do to also make some money, even if it's to go and kill someone. <laughs> Are you together with me? And then we will never transfer the money directly to the account. We will say, I want to see the pastor. We will say, I want the pastor. Uh, uh, <laughs> your days of struggle are over. As long as people like us are in this house, we thank God you will not suffer again. Let's forget about that. Let's just start with this. Yeah, this is just, this is just on behalf of my children. <laughs> you hear from me. Are we together here? Now, that will not be the house of God again. <laughs> now, now, the gifts are being used, but not faithfully. Mm. And that's why when you look at the character of the first church, he said they brought everything they had to the apostles' feet. That is to say, they didn't give it on the basis of greatness. Mm. They gave it on the basis of humility. Am I preaching here? Yes. They didn't give so that the apostles can know that they are now big. They counted it as a privilege. Now, any interaction we do outside that is not the kingdom. Listen, in the world, the end justifies the means. In the kingdom, the means justifies the end. You see, it's not just about how much the house has. It's how did we get it? What was the process? What is the condition of the heart of the giver? The position of the heart of the receiver? 
That is really the end. It's not the amount of billions in the account. Yeah. Are you still here? Yes, sir. Now, why am I preaching this way? I'm preaching this way because God has promised to bless you in a way that is unimaginable. But he needs you to learn faithfulness because it's through faithfulness you can die to self. And the reason why you need to die to self is that what God wants to put upon you, if you are not dead to self, that will kill you. Hmm. When God bless you and you are not dead to self, it will kill you. Ah. If you are not dead to self, it will kill you. If God bless you and give you power, give you influence. You see, some of us don't yet know what power can do to us. You don't know what power can, can do to us. Do you know that do you know that you can you, you can have the kind of money that will make you feel like changing the location of your church to the next hall close to your house? I say, Pastor, church in G. More than life message. All cover opposite my house. Mumara, everybody's moving. Yes. <laughs> you are not getting the point. Yeah. Yes, sir. I said, I can let me. Why am I stressing myself? You will say, Pastor, so next week's service will be by Lemma to say because who are stressful for us to be. <laughs> and you will be shocked that the pastor can either and say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So he will move, we will have to tell the angels that are. Uh, that are grand we have located you. If you know what's good for you guys, you join us. If you know what's good for you guys, you better join us. We have, we have, we have changed address. Yeah. Yes. You see, God is working faithfulness in you. Because if he gives you the blessing, huh, you sponsor things. You sponsor things. Yes. So he wants to first give you a heart of faithfulness. So that when the glory and the blessing comes, you are able to administer in a way where your heart always comes first. Huh? Your heart. Your heart must be prioritized than your feelings. Are you together with me, friends? I tell you the truth, some of you are better poor. Yeah. Your current heart posture, poverty is keeping you safe. Yeah. I'm looking at you, I'm saying it, I'm looking, I'm not, I'm not backing you, I'm saying it right. I put it to you. Yeah. Your current heart posture, poverty is the blessing that God has ascribed to you for now. Yeah. Because the few times there were signs of blessing around you, just few times. God just flashed you. Yeah, so God said, okay, let's, let's, let's hold on. Let's hold on. 
You know, you know what the apostles told Jesus one time? They went to they went to preach. They went to preach to save souls. The souls say, "Okay, we are not yet ready." And they looked at Jesus and said, "What next now? Let's burn them." <laughs> he said, "Let's send down fire like Elijah." So it means that salvation is not the most important thing. It means that even when they went to preach, they went to test their ability to win so. It was all about them, not even about the soul. Because if it was about the soul, how come you are willing to kill them? <laughs> Why didn't you feel like going to pray more to soften their heart? It means it has always been about the validation of your anointing. Now imagine if those ones, you know Jesus has power to go down fire. But imagine that power was with those disciples. That they that. So you night. He said, let's call down fire. He said, let's call down fire. This is what just said. You don't know the kind of spirit. The word spirit there is heart. He's talking about their heart. He says, you don't know your kind of heart. Are we here? Now, one of the ways God works on our heart is faithfulness. You see, when you are too big to serve, you are too big to own. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's too big to serve is too big to own. Listen, they will be big, but they will be empty. Yeah. I've met those kind of people. They are big, but empty. God will not give them anything. And they will be talking, they will be talking, talking, talking. Somebody said he does not have a vision. He does not know his calling, he does not know his vision. I said, don't you know somebody who knows his own vision? Why not serve somebody who knows his own? Are you waiting to know your own? The vision near you is a, is a worthy vision to serve. Your wife's vision is a vision. Your husband's vision is a vision. You must have the heart of faithfulness. If you are too big to serve, you are too big to own. And if you think you are great without serving, and you think you are already big, you are deceiving yourself. If you cross-check what you think you have plus what God planned to give you, you are cheating yourself. You, know, you have never entered anything. Service. Service. Faithful service. To be, to be, you are, you are, you are dependable. You can be called upon. You are committed. You are faithful. You are loyal to what does not concern you. To what when they are sharing the profit, it does not necessarily have to come to you. And uh, Jesus was explaining to us, but how do I know what I'm to serve? Whatever is around you, whatever you are connected to, you serve it. That was Jesus' principle as per who is your neighbor when he was talking about this, this, this Good Samaritan story. He said, whoever is close to you that you are able to, then that person is your neighbor. And that is how we should serve. Are we preaching here? So, Jacob was a consistent, a faithful, a loyal servant of Laban. And Laban began to say, please stay. Please stay. I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. There is a blessing upon me, Laban says, and I can categorically say that this blessing is because of you. 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So you don't have to be aware of your blessing until you own. Stop feeling not blessed because you don't own a thing. Are we together here? Stop thinking that until you own before you are blessed. No. You can be a servant and yet what? Blessed. So it means that our blessing is not attached to material. It is the validation of God upon our lives. I was explaining the other day that the difference between confidence and arrogance is willingness to serve. When you are confident without willingness to serve, it's not confidence, it's arrogance. And that one is from Satan, it's useless. The true confidence from God, you'll be willing to serve. And that's why one of the signs, one of the ways we know God is the true God and is the most powerful is his decision and his willingness to serve us by becoming a man to die for us. Then he's God. That's how we know he's God. He's God because nothing can make him less God. Even when he became man, he's God. Are you with me? So when you carry that thing, nothing can put you down. You go down, you still carry it. Oh, Baradika. Did we not see a Joseph? Coat of many colors, he was shining. Prison, he's shining. Potiphar's wife, is shining. Anywhere you take him, he shines. As a small boy in his father's house, he was shining. Look at David. Before he killed Goliath, he's already blessed. In fact, it is the awareness of that blessing that made him take out Goliath. Because I don't know the connection of killing animal and killing human being. That's not, it, it is what made him kill animal that made him know he will kill human being. It's not the killing of animal that, that translates to killing human being. Are you getting the point? It's that blessing. It's that blessing. And we know it's by how we confronted him. He says, uncircumcised Philistine. That's the point. I am circumcised. I carry a blessing. Listen, it shocks heaven that you are not sure that you carry a blessing. It's a shocker to heaven. Why are you not sure? Why are you not sure that you carry a blessing? You carry. A lot of you are waiting for things to happen in your life so that you can now say you are great. Uh, I'm missing the point. Carry a blessing. I carry a blessing. Listen, if you notice my arrogance today, you don't, you, you've not known me long enough. I've been arrogant for a while. It's not today. Since I met him, arrogance started. I've been sure for a while. It's people that came later that things that is later I became sure. I've been sure for a while. I've been sure for a while. When we were just two or three are gathered, I was sure. Are you together with me? Are my friends here? You have to be sure. The Bible speaks in Hebrews chapter 11, 10 into 11, and was telling us about those who had faith to a point where they died without receiving the promise. You don't understand. The lack of receiving the promise was not enough to take away their faith. Their faith is their faith. A promise was not going to validate it. You don't use a thing to validate their faith. I've taught you before. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. 
They say, what's your evidence? Faith. What's the thing? You are, faith is my substance. So any miracle that comes, it does not have the same value that my faith has. My faith is greater than my miracle. Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. The car is not the substance. When I use my faith to get a car, when the car comes, that car is not my substance. It's the faith. Faith is the substance. Are we together here? Now, you need to be sure that you carry something. Huh? Are there carriers here? Yes, sir. I said, are there carriers here? Yes, sir. You need to be sure that you carry something. You need it, especially in this hostile world. You need to be sure you carry something. You need to be sure. If you, if you don't carry something, you will compromise. And if you, didn't, if you don't carry something, Satan will not tempt you. The meaning of temptation is a business transaction with Satan. And anything Satan is willing to give, to give you, is only because there is something greater is collecting. That's why even if you go and do blood money, your blood money cannot be greater than the destiny that God planned for you. That's why there's nobody who did blood money to become Dangote. It's not, blood money is not just automatic like that, that any amount of money. No, the money will see check your destiny. Say, no amount of blood. This guy. <laughs> no amount of blood. This guy. Some people can never have say, Whoa, let's not waste blood. This person. <laughs> Are we together, friends? Satan, if, if you didn't have what was amazing, if you didn't have what was greater than what he's giving you, he can't tempt you. So, so by your temptation, you need to understand your destiny. Multiply whatever is tempting you. Multiply it in hundreds. That's what God plans for you. The other day, God said, let us make man our image after our likeness. Male and female created he them. Then Satan came to them and said, eat of this fruit so that you'll be like God. What was the promise? What was the temptation? He said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. Satan now said, eat it and be like God. Is it not what God promised them? What God planned from the one that he's trying to distract them from? They carried Jesus to the, to the clip of the temple and showed him everything and said, we'll give it to you. What are you giving to him? What are you giving to him? Eventually, God has given him a name above every other name. Every knee will bow, every tongue. Things in heaven, on earth, under the earth, everything. So what's the temptation? So the temptation is a distraction from destiny. Distraction. Now, the reason I need to teach this is because I don't want you distracted. And I need you to be aware that there's something upon your head. And that's how Jesus overcame his temptation. He said because of a joy that was set ahead of him. He had capacity to despise the shame and endure the cross because of joy. So it means that the cross was endured. What does that mean? He could have dropped it. 
and done other things. But he stood, he remained because of a joy. Now, you need to understand and appreciate the joy of the blessings of God that is upon your life. And let that joy take you through the fire, take you through the storm. Let that confidence, let that assurance. You see, lack of confidence is terrible. Because when you lack the confidence of God, God cannot show up for you. Yeah. Because the Bible talks about the man that is double-minded should not expect to receive anything from God. So if you, are, if, you don't, if you don't have confidence in God, you will miss in two ways. Satan will deal with you. God doesn't have plans to rescue you. So you have to have confidence. I don't want anybody leaving this service unsure. I want today to be your last day of being unsure. Did you hear me? Yes, I said today is your last day of being unsure. Yes. Now, when you understand this, you have power to say no. The reason why you haven't heard the yes of God is that you haven't said no to the enemy. Are you with me? If you say no to the enemy, you hear God's yes. But you see, you can't say no to the enemy if you don't know God is showing up. Praise God. Are we together, please? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> they have gotten him. They have gotten him. <laughs> are my friends here? Yes, sir. I said, you have the boldness to say no. Boldness to say what? No. 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 Ah! One man said no in scripture. They have turned him to the father of our feet. He said no. They begged him to give him stuff from the battle. He said no. And he told them why. He said, I don't want it to be said that Abraham is blessed because of you. No, I don't want it to be said. Ah! Oh, let God bless you with holy arrogance. He said, I don't want it to be said. <laughs> I don't want it to be. The point is, I don't want, I don't want it to be said. There is, an, there is a conviction in Abraham's spirit that the, the issue of whether I'll be blessed or not is not in question. Mm. We're now checking the integrity of my blessings issue now. And I don't want it to be said that it was you that blessed me. You can go. Then when then, uh, the main man now came, Mekizedek now came, and said, you are our guy. We will now give you bread and wine. Come into a higher fellowship. He now still lost more money again. He gave them tight. They brought him money. He said he doesn't want. Then Mekizedek came, gave him bread and wine. He now still gave them Mekizedek 10%. You are as poor as your inability to give. Now, let me explain that poverty. Now, that's not bank account. That's not bank account poverty. That's nature, natural poverty. Ah. Wait. The struggle to release. 
is your heaven that you have locked. That struggle to release is your spiritual heaven that you have locked. It's currently locked as we are in the... Now, the plan of God is not to give you money. The plan of God is to look for how to get you to open it. Because, because those who give are sure that they are blessed. But today I'm not even preaching giving. That's not the point. Ah, do we have somebody there? <laughs> Thank God. So let's go and check that Abraham. Can you give me 10 more minutes? Yes, sir. Is he from your heart? Yes, sir. Are you sure it's from your heart? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let's check 14, 17. 17 to 20. And the king of Sodom and the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Chedulama. And the kings, and the kings who were with him. The Melchizedek king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High. Right? And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands, and he gave him a tithe of all. Now, the king of Sodom, of Sodom said to Abraham, are you together with me? Now, you see, when you read the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis is a very tricky book. Are you with me? Now, because it has, it has very rich spiritual uh, Connotations. The reason is that the borderline of the spirit and the natural had not completely shut out like it is shut out now. Are you together with me? So they had tangible spiritual experiences, like very physical spiritual experiences that sometimes when you are reading it, you don't know whether it's spiritual or it's natural. It's a very rich it's a very rich book. Are we together here? Are we, am I preaching here? Yes, sir. Now, when you look at this transaction, this is where I'll round off, and I pray God will help me land what I want to land. Now, when you look at this transaction here, when, when Abraham, I want you to listen to me, everybody, please. Now, these things will be what will keep you in the last days that we are in. You need to understand these principles. Now, when Abraham met with Melchizedek, Melchizedek is the priest of God, which Paul explained to us about some mysterious things about Melchizedek, which I'm not willing to go in. But there are a lot of, uh, of, of, of not confusion, but contentions around the personality of Melchizedek. Is he a physical priest? Is he a spiritual priest? We don't know. But he is not an ordinary priest. Let's leave it that way so that we don't, we don't fight. Are we together here? Yes, now, go back to 17. Let's read here. Quickly. 
And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shavah after his return from the defeat of Chadolomia, and the kings were with him. Then Melchizedek. Now you can see that they first had a conversation of how the king of Sodom came to meet him and introduced Melchizedek matter and then wrapped it up with the king of Sodom's negotiation. So it's not like the king of Sodom happened after Melchizedek. Am I preaching here? So it was some spiritual moment. Maybe it's a, maybe while that was happening, he was having that encounter in the spirit. We don't know how it happened, but this is some real um, spiritual experience here. Now, but what we want to investigate is the spiritual experience. Now, what we are investigating is that Abraham had an encounter with a priest. Are you together with me? And that priest released a blessing upon him. Now, the king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of, of God Most High. Now, Paul explained to us that this Melchizedek is a typology of Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And this was the type of encounter that Abraham was having. Now, the challenge many of us are having is that we don't appreciate this kind of encounters. You don't know that you can settle your life on earth by an encounter in the spirit. You can have a tangible encounter that will be the basis of your financial standing. You can. Not just you can, you should. You should. That if we, if we take our engagement with God seriously, you will hit some frequencies that the, the, the ability to doubt dies. Now, this is the type of priesthood that what God, want, God wants us to operate so that the enemy doesn't have access to the provisions of God over our life. Because if you play game on the earth, Satan is the king of this earth. So God wants to train us how to play ball in the spirit. Now, regardless of your current condition, you can get information from that place. And that information can determine your experience on this earth. Not everything is mass and English. Some things are spirit. Your career and your life can be powered by the spirit. You can spiritually from nothing gather all things. Nobody has told you, I'm telling you, it's real, it's practical. Are my friends here? Are my friends here? A lot of you are not pressing into your priesthood well enough. You are becoming too logical, too reasonable, too natural. And you have made Satan convenient in pressing you down. There is another door that is not a natural door that we can pass through and fix everything that needs to be fixed upon the face of the earth. Are we together here? So, Sodom came to bless Abraham. Abraham said, I get it from Melchizedek. I'll get it from Melchizedek. I will get it from Melchizedek. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. You see, if, 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 
if Abraham was a carnal person, you say, ah, Abraham, 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 what can I maybe say? A lot of you are too carnal. You are too natural. Sometimes your pastor will call you, will tell you how things will go. You are still, you are, you are still, you are still doubting. I've gone through things by just getting a prayer from my, from my father and the Lord. Every time I got a prayer, the answer is always a yes. I say pray. It's not about the anointing. That one is there. But it's about my faith. It's about how much I value what is coming. Are we together here? Immediately we got to this place, Beerland. My spiritual father came here. And, he, and, and the next time he saw me, he bought me a pen. New pen, he gave it to me. He said, by this pen, you are going to write the checks of all these places that you are going to buy. He said, and this place will be your offices. Immediately, I stopped jubilating that I bought a church. He said, his office, the church is not here. Now, I don't need God to tell me. He has already said it. This is not my church, this is my offices. So the plan is not to rejoice. You see, if the plan was to rejoice, immediately we feel here, we would have thought to have succeeded. But now we understand we feel here because here is small. It's small. Now, if that is not in sync in my soul, it will not happen in real life. We'll be rejoicing. Rejoice over what? The souls here and the souls out there, can you compare them? How many have we reached? How many dead homes are around us? Then we have not started. We are just training the workforce. All this is workers. This service is workers in training. And it's just a part of the workers. The assignment is bigger than this. Priesthood got me there. Are you with me? With priesthood, you can negotiate destiny. God said, I should tell somebody with priesthood, you can tell yourself I'm more than this. That's a word for someone. I don't know what it means, but God said, just look at yourself and say, I'm more than this. And with priesthood, you can walk out of wherever you are to a destiny God has ordained. Why? Because you need nothing to be something. You need nothing. And so if you look around you and see nothing, it's enough raw material. It's enough raw material. Nothing is not worthless. From what did he create the heavens and the earth? Nothing. When God saw nothing, he didn't back out. Oh, by you, Dika. When God saw nothing, he didn't back out. Listen to me, friends. Listen to me, friends. Your testimony is that you are coming from nothing to be a sign and a wonder. Can I have a microphone? You are coming from nothing to be a sign and a wonder. Listen, nothing is enough. Nothing is enough. Nothing is enough. That's why we are getting, we are using all means to get the principles right. You see, we are getting the principles right, not so that we can say, hey, God, we are holy. No, we are aligning for destiny. We are getting the principles right for a selfish reason. In quote. Increase my volume, please. We are getting the principles right because we know we need to get it right. Yeah? Because we know that there is a destiny that these principles must align with. And so we get the principle right. We are not getting the principle right just saying we have gotten the principle. We are not holy. No, we are not just holy. 
We are powerful. We are doers of divine destiny. We are paying the price for destiny. We are not trying to be religious. If God says there is, not, there is no destiny, we might not pay the price. You are not getting my point. We have an agenda. And we are paying the price. We want to live in sin if you leave us alone. But we know God says if you live in sin, you can't fulfill this destiny. We now drop sin because of that destiny. Not that say we have dropped sin. No, 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 no. God, where is it? Peter said, what are we going to get seeing that I've left everything to follow you? It's not just, I didn't live for living sake. And Jesus did not say it's a bad question. Jesus did not say, oh, your love, something's attached to it. Jesus said, you have asked, well, well let me answer you. Hundredfold. 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 In this life and also the life to come. Hundredfold. Now, there are people here, you are stepping into a type of destiny called hundredfold. Yeah. You don't believe me. I said you are stepping into hundredfold. Yeah. Now, you are going to live out an envious destiny. Yeah. Envious one. Envious one. Envious one. You are not going to look like where you are coming from. I said, you are not going to look like where you are coming from. I said, you are not going to look like where you are coming from. I'm seeing giants. I'm seeing giants. Come and wear this jacket. I'm seeing giants. I'm seeing giants. Just wear it. Aha. Oradika Buniasa Ayadosh Obey Kata Paradika Bos Aradiles Oikanapaika Ovaridu Sabile Kanuna Odilis Et la Perikando Yikaba Jalatolobes Ekaradiles You are here as a sign and a wonder. You are the manifestation of the glory of the living God from nothing to all things. Thus you are the Lord, all things are yours. All things are yours. All things are yours. All things are yours. Your story will be unbelievable. You are here. Your story will be unbelievable. Your story will sound like a lie. In the name of Jesus.
As you are praying, I see your story changing. I see stories changing. I see your story changing. Aha. Aradile besokotamaledi. Ayakatolesa. Alakaboti. Aha! 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 Aya dele beketome! Oh! I see the shift! I see the shift. I see the shift. I see the shift. I see the shift. There's a new cry, a new sound over your life. I don't
In Jesus' name, we pray. Be on your feet. Let me tell you something. What I hear the Lord say to me, friends, no more compromises. You see, what, compromise is exchange. You are exchanging what God planned for you. No compromises. You are exchanging it. And then we have to stop it. Compromises is not just a mistake. You are exchanging. You can't be all God has ordained you to be with compromise. So the question is, do you want a, a pot of porridge or you want to be called the God of Jacob? Do you want God to be attached to your name? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and what? And Jacob. And the only difference is what? Compromise. Can you see it's not even comparable what the enemy is tempting us with? And God is saying to us, no compromise. That's the word that God is bringing to us. And the reason is that we should not stop what he wants to do with us. He has a plan. And I want you to be confident of the blessings of God. Blessings of God is going to make room for you. It's going to make way for you. You know what God says? God says, say to them, let them get their house in order. He says, tell them to get their house in order. No informant, so you're having a major encounter today. The Lord is visiting you today in such a very serious way. The word of the Lord is coming to you. I see that the Lord is speaking to you personally and is demanding a new level of work and a new level of consecration for your life because uh, uh, a delayed season is meant to be opened. Are we together, friends? No compromise. Let's get our house in order or we're about to get a visitation from above. Get your house in order. Everybody in this place. Get your house in order. The Lord is in town. And we're coming into years and years of multiple blessings, multiple harvests, and multiple lights. Are you with me, friends? And today, we say no. Huh? I said we say no. To all the whisperings and all the, all the opinions of hell. Today we say no. Today we detach ourselves from everything hellish. We cut off. I said we cut off. Far from it. I will face the Lord and say you are our joy. You are our hope. You are our salvation. In you we trust. I will check the scripture. No one trusted you and regretted it. And so there is no regret in our story. A rejoicing that will shake the earth. A testimony that will, that will, that will resound from generation to generation. Is that your story? Yes, I said, is that your story? Yes, is that your story? Yes, what if I told you this house will be a house of mighty army that will have global relevance? Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Come on, give God a shout of praise. 
I said, give God a shout of praise. 